Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 47, 47, no, 48, 48 of the We Are Speaking podcast. During each weekly 30-minute episode, we address some of our favorite topics, including American history and culture, government, education, and politics from a Black perspective. The podcast is brought to you by our company, the Team Owens 313 Global Creative Community. We offer branding and marketing services, including online training and one-on-one coaching to independent authors and creative and solo professionals. You can find out more at our website, teamowens313gcc.com. As a free or paid subscriber to the We Are Speaking publication, you can access the podcast through the website or on your favorite podcast player. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. My name is Pamela Hilliard-Owens, and I am one of the co-hosts of We Are Speaking, in partnership with my husband and business partner, Keith Owens, who also wrote and performed the intro and outro music for the podcast. And speaking of Keith, here he is. Hi, Keith. Yep, good to be here once again. Okay. There are some, well, there was a lot of big news this week, but we're going to concentrate in this episode on seditious conspiracy. Why? Because several of the leaders of the Proud Boys and the Oath Keepers were convicted this week of seditious conspiracy because of their actions during the January 6th insurrection. And we'll come back to exactly who it was, but first we want to talk about exactly what seditious conspiracy is. And a lot of people don't know this, but the seditious seditious conspiracy goes back all the way to the early years of our country. Seditious conspiracy is a federal crime that involves two or more persons conspiring to overthrow, put down, or destroy by force the government of the United States or to levy war against them, or to oppose by force the authority thereof. And that's what the charges this week were about, because those people attempted to obstruct Congress in their, in their constitutional duty of counting the electoral votes. And there's this offense is codified under 18 USC 2384. <laughs> and a lot of people think that this con- seditious conspiracy, say that three times fast, <laughs> came about relatively recently. But actually, like I said, it's been around since the beginning of the country. And although it's not always charged or enforced because it's, it is so difficult on purpose to charge people with seditious conspiracy. But actually, it came all the way down to in the beginning of the country. Now, remember the you know the Declaration of Independence and all of that was 1776. Then we did the Articles of Confederation; those didn't work very well. So then we did the the actual Constitution in 1787, and it was ratified in 1791. So we're operating under the Constitution as it was ratified, and in 1798, just a few years after 1786. Seven and 1791 was the Alien and Sedition Acts of 1798, and that crime explicitly recognized and was explicitly recognized and defined in U.S. federal law. It made it illegal to conspire to oppose or resist the execution of U.S. laws, but that particular act expired in 1801. 
And then in 1874, they were revised. And this was mostly because of working on the Confederate sympathizers, who, of course, were treasonous and went against the United States government. And so in the revised statutes of 1874 codified, codified and uh, consolidated all the federal laws under this law, but it was specifically targeted towards con- Confederate conspirators because this was just a few years after the end of the Civil War. There's a lot of... Several high, high level trials that we may not have heard of throughout history. And for example, in 1794, and you've probably learned about this in, in history class, the Whiskey Rebellion. It was a tax revolt against the U.S. government and President George Washington led federal troops to, supp- to suppress the rebellion. Because there was a tax on whiskey. <laughs> That's that. Okay. <laughs> Several of the leaders of, of the rebellion were arrested and tried for treason, but were later pardoned. The Puerto Rico Nationalist Party trials in 1936. Now remember, Puerto Rico has been for way over a century and a half part of the United States. It's a territory of the United States. And there was an attempted assassination on President Franklin D. Roosevelt. And several leaders of the Puerto Rican Nationalist Party were arrested and charged with seditious conspiracy. And a couple of those who were convicted were sentenced to lengthy prison terms. The Smith Trial Acts, now if you listen to Rachel Maddow's excellent eight-episode podcast called Ultra, look it up, it's still available. You heard about that during this podcast. During the Red Scare, you know, with Joe McCarthy and all of them, the U.S. government prosecuted numerous members of the Communist Party under the Smith Act, which criminalized the advocacy of the violent overthrow of the United States government. The nature of the charges closely resembled um, seditious conspiracy, and it resulted in the conviction of several um, prominent Communist Party leaders, including Eugene Dennis and Williams Foster. And you find out if you listen to Ultra, all of this started back at the beginning and through World War II, where there were a lot of people who were on the side of the Nazis and on the side of Germany. Sound familiar? Okay. In nine, all the way up to 1987, it's called the Los Angeles 8 case, eight Palestinian activists were charged with seditious conspiracy for their alleged involvement in the popular front of the liberation of Palestine, and the trial ended in a, hundred, in a hung jury, and the government eventually dropped the charges in 1990. In 1986, the United Freedom Front, this is a left-wing group, a left-wing extremist group, also known as the Ohio Seven, were charged with seditious conspiracy for their role in a series of bombings and bank robberies during the 1970s and 1980s. Now, those of us of a certain age remember all of, all of those extreme left-wing things that happened, are actually around, mostly around the, the uh, Vietnam War and resistance to that. The defendants were ultimately convicted of other charges, but the seditious conspiracy charges were dismissed. And seditious conspiracy charges are relatively rare in the United States because some people say that it's a means to quash dissent. And of course, right now, the mango melanoma is saying it's because he's famous and rich and a politician. And that's why they're going after the January 6th insurrections and treating them so unfairly. No, they uh, they tried to interrupt and stop the legal counting of electoral votes that is constitutionally mandated. And that Congress... Now, before you go any further, mm-hmm. for those who don't know all the terms, you got to define who the mango melanoma okay. is. Okay, the mango melanoma <laughs> is the former guy 
Donald Trump. Thank and I, I call him, I've been calling him the mango melanoma for the longest time because he's always so orange. Okay, that's what I mean by the mango melanoma. Okay, so he's been saying that, as a matter of fact, he has embraced the January 6th insurrectionists. He has said that if he is reelected, he will pardon them all. He has his uh, his uh, rally in Waco in Waco a few a few weeks ago. He actually had a January sixth choir mm-hmm. behind him, and he has elevated those those insurrectionists to heroes and patriots when they are just the opposite. So that's why it is so important to realize about about seditious conspiracy. And the number one thing to realize about that is that you do not have to be at the actual incident to be charged with conspiracy. So, Keith, tell us who, who was charged over the last uh, few weeks. Well, actually, um, yeah, we'll start with the Oath Keepers, and that's because the first two charges of, of, of seditious conspiracy, the first two convictions were actually in November. Right. You okay. know, so the so the first, um, that was the group's founder, uh, Stuart Rhodes, and his ally, Kelly Meggs. They excuse, were, excuse me, I just heard yesterday, Stuart Rhodes. Uh, no, no, I know, I'm going to get to that. I'm going to get to that. Okay. But, uh, but um, the, group's found, the group's founder and Stuart Rhodes and his, and his ally, Kelly Meggs, they were convicted of seditious conspiracy in uh, November. And then this week, uh, four other members of the Oath Keepers were found guilty. That's found guilty on Monday. And those guys were, um, for anybody who <laughs> don't recognize the name, uh, Roberto Minuta, David Marshall, Joseph Hackett, and Ed Vallejo. And they were found guilty of seditious conspiracy as part of the, to try and derail transfer of power from Trump to Joe Biden to try basic. So their participation in the January 6th insurrection and they were found guilty of, of seditious conspiracy. And it's funny because Pam and I were talking yesterday, we were talking about the Oath Keepers. They originally started off as basically a male bonding white Christian male group. Right. You know, and, um, they didn't say they were white male, but they were pretty much all that belonged. But they so they've somehow evolved in this. They're just completely crazy town right, group right. now. But then the other, other four others who were found guilty were the Proud Boys, and they were. And this is gets to what Pam was saying, where you don't have to be there mm-hmm. to be found guilty. Um, and this were the four members. Um, wrong one here. Yeah, the four members of the Proud Boys who were found guilty were Enrique 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 Terrio, and he's the uh, chairman for a long time of the Proud Boys. Ethan Nordine, Joseph Biggs, and Zachary Real, and they were found guilty on Thursday of seditious conspiracy and some other charges. And they and Enrique Terrio was hoping, I guess he'd slide up because he wasn't there, but because he was not actually there, but he was found guilty. And so then that holds relevance because Donald Trump was not there, right. even though right. he was trying his best to get there, but he was not there. So that because a lot of people are obviously. Everybody's impatient to right. see what happens, and so, so now there's still cartoons and other people commenting about the fact that we've got we've got the puppets, but not the puppeteer. Right, you know, right, so, right. But this is a this is a major step in mm-hmm. that direction. What came out yesterday was that the Justice Department is now asking for 25 years for the founder uh, for Stuart Rhodes. Right. So this is the first. Would be the, so the sentencing which we, mm-hmm. for for Stuart Rhodes. And that's a huge amount of time. That, that's the that largest sentence ever. Because one person got 14 years. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot. A lot. But we, when we go back to remembering what sedition, and this is why you don't have to have been at the actual incident mm-hmm. to be charged. Enrico Tario was not allowed into Washington, D.C. because he was under another illegal mm-hmm. act that he had been arrested that's for. That's right. I remember. 
But the day before, January 5th, they were meeting. And they were meeting at a hotel. I can't remember the name of it. It with a W. And they were all meeting. And that's what the point of sedition. That means two or more people conspired. So he was part of the conspiracy. And so what they're working to prove is that Donald Trump was also part of the conspiracy. That's why the testimony of Mike Pence is so important. Because he talked directly, directly, to directly in, in December. And also, of course, as we know, uh, Trump tried to get his driver to drive him to the Capitol and they refused. And it was so funny because what we have to, you know, we're supposed to be a country of laws, which you are most of the time, although Trump doesn't believe the laws belong, you know, pertain to him. But Nancy Pelosi reminded people that if he had, and this was before the insurrectionists, if he had tried to just walk into the, to the joint session of Congress, just you know, just walk in. You have to be invited. Every president has to be invited to Congress by the House Speaker. Nancy Pelosi was Speaker at the time, so she said that if he had tried to walk in, she would have smacked him upside the head. And, and of course, she wouldn't have done that literally, well, almost. But the reason why she said that is because every president has to be invited. You just can't, the president just can't walk into a joint um, session of Congress. The president has to be invited by the Speaker of the House. And that's also important to remember as we're going through these horrible two years where uh, Kevin McCarthy is, is, a, is a Speaker, at least he is for right now. Because, again, they are, they are so busy trying to find something wrong with Hunter Biden, they aren't f- focusing on purpose on what the Republicans are doing. And so uh, we have to remember that the House of Representatives is supposed to be the House of the people on purpose, while the Senate is supposed to be something else. Even if the Senate leader wanted the president to come in to speak to the Senate, the leader of the, of the Senate would have to ask the Speaker of the House to invite the president over to the Senate. Right. Because what this all pretends now is that, as we said, people are, become, are becoming very impatient. And, and, mm-hmm. and I think there's legitimacy to that. I mean, because there, there has been, as, as some have commented, have been have continually get on Merrick Garland. And right. Over, but I think because the evidence has been there. But what on... To Merrick Garland's defense, and, and I have simply somewhat in terms of how long this has taken. I think maybe it could have gone faster, but I'm not a lawyer, so I wouldn't know. But, but to his defense, from what I can understand and from what I think we can all see, is that there are so many moving parts. It's not just that he obviously, they need to get it right, because they're right. only mm-hmm. one shot at this, mm-hmm. but there are so many moving parts. And when you start talking, and in all cases, when you're going after the big fish, when you're going after the mo- the mob, the mm-hmm. mafia, they never get the couple first. When the bottom starts to erode, when right. the base starts to erode, then people start talking and everything else starts to come apart and mm-hmm. all those roads lead to him. Right, and also right. we don't know how, how, how much, just the amount of information that we know. Just from news reports, in terms of what from the January sixth committee, right from the January sixth committee that we've seen uh, that implicate Trump is a tremendous amount. What we need to keep in mind is that what we've seen is nothing compared to what they have. Right, and plus, what I always remind people is what you know versus what you can prove in court are two different things. Right, and so yeah, Merrick Garland and all of us pseudo lawyers, we know a whole lot. But as Merrick Garland proved this week, by getting these seditious conspiracy charges, which are very, very difficult, that he was able to prove that. In court. So that's a big feather in oh, his cap. But, so, uh, but I just want people to remember what we know and what can be proven in court are two different things. Oh, absolutely. And, and so when we say, well, he's so, Merrick Garland is so slow. This happened two and a half years ago. Why is it taking him so long? Right. The reason it's taking him so long is, number one, there's so many moving parts. 
And the Justice Department is also in charge of a whole bunch of other stuff. But Merrick Garland knows what he can prove. That's what he's working on. Oh, no, on. absolutely. I, I, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody. No, I know. I know. <laughs> but, but there are people who are extraordinarily qualified large right. who are bringing that criticism. Right. It right. was mm-hmm. not just us. These are people who know how the process works. Right. Who know how schools go and who are still saying this is not moving like it should be moving. Right. You know? Right. So, um, but I think... But however that's going, the fact that Merrick Garland was able to bring these charges, mm-hmm. as, as you just said, extraordinarily difficult charges against against this group, mm-hmm. you know, is is says a lot. And I right. think also because it's very clear that President that that, that the former guy, you know, Trump was extra is is becoming extremely nervous because right. all the hail Mary pass he's thrown every every hail Mary pass that has worked from his playbook mm-hmm. before. And you know, they're all failing now. They're all failing. Right. There's nowhere else. There's nowhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And 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 also the let me come back to this, but just real quick, the the rape case against it mm-hmm. that's falling apart. Right. You know, right. So I think that and you know, over as things begin to move, the fact that this is persisting that 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 the folks are not getting up and mm-hmm. i think everybody is very aware also the prosecutors even though the law is supposed to go you have to go through all the steps and all the hoops. right but i think what they're having to balance to your point is that speed but versus accuracy right because the, everybody realizes we're looking at 2024 right in terms of what's happening across the, how divided the country is mm-hmm. what it means and what could happen so they but so they have to move i think jack smith is 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 coming to really start moving things right but at the same time they know that we're also dealing politically right you know, we, we we only have the senate we don't have the house right so many things that we could be able to do there's only so much you can do without with only half half of that mm-hmm. so but i think that we can at least take you know some heart in the fact that this that number one they're still continuing to push and they're pushing hard and and they're and when you get a big win like this that also takes air out of their sails. Right. And, and, and speaking of taking air out of their sails, before we have our break, which is a few minutes late, uh, be, one of the reasons why, you know, uh, Trump was calling for all these people to, to, to riot when he was arrested and all that, and like 20 people showed up, because <laughs> since, since the Justice Department has in, in gotten all these, all these pawns, all the ones, and they said, we, we, we were here because Trump told us to be here. They've all said that, okay? But now they see that, that they will be arrested and they will be tried and they will be sent to prison. And they, and they considered themselves just regular folks going to what what the president told them to do. The president at the time told them to do, but their behinds are still in jail, and his is not. So they're not going to come out like they used to. Right? They are not going to do that. And they've said it. They've remember, said it. Remember, I always joke about that when they went to Enrique Terrio, who has now been convicted. Right. You know, in, uh, but when they well, whether or not he was going to show up in New York. Right. And Enrique Terrio said he basically he was praying for him, but he's retired. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and, exactly. And that was just comical. It was comical, and it was true. It's true. Right. They're not. These people are not going to get out there because now they think that every time there's a reason for them to show up, that it's a trick. Well, it's not a trick. You right. show you show up and, and 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 you get arrested. That's not a trick. You shouldn't have been there. And for, and Trump been making all these promises. Right. They were stupid enough to believe. Right. You know, mm-hmm. that he, he assigned some kind of magical powers. He's going to be able to save mm-hmm. them and bail them out. And all these checks he was going to write about you. You know, you knock them out and I'll pay the legal bills. Mm-hmm. He hadn't paid a damn. Right. And then somebody said yesterday after January sixth, he was still president for fourteen more days, and he didn't he didn't touch those insurrectionists. Nothing. Not at all. Mm-hmm. At all 
those promises, mm-hmm. and they have noticed that, right? Because I mean, he still because even though he's not president now, he still got money. Right, he's not Supposedly. the billionaire claim, but he's mm-hmm. got he's got enough money to pay their legal bills, right? Either, and he hasn't even made the offer, right? To pay, right. and these are all right. his top dogs, right? So right, right, exactly, exactly, exactly. So a few minutes late, but we're gonna a word from our sponsor really quickly. We are sponsored by the Team Owens Three One Three Global Creative Community where we offer online training for independent authors and creative solopreneurs uh, through online training. There we, have, we have two six-course bundles, one for independent authors, one for creative and solo professionals, and we also offer customized three-week or six-week coaching programs just with me. So you can find out all the information at teamowens313gcc.com. And now back to our podcast. Because we want to make sure that as these things go on, because we're still waiting for Georgia, we're still waiting for uh, Mar-a-Lago, and of course, and and then of course a civil trial in New York with with uh, Letitia James. Right. And talking about speaking about Mar-a-Lago, isn't there a trial in DC? Oh, that's the Justice Department, DC. Well, the, well, the, well the, that's a January sixth. That's, that's also right. the, that's yeah. Right. So he has four things. He has right. the civil trial in New York. You right. know because he lied about everything about for bank the, loans and all that financial the company. Yeah. About about his company, the company was already found guilty. Right. Uh, Tish James is now going after Trump and his Family, kids, right. the, the, th- the three oldest kids. Right. And she said that she's right. going after all of them because all of them were involved. And then, of course, in D.C., mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jack Smith is working on the January sixth right. for for Trump. And then in Florida, Jack Smith is working on the Mar-a-Lago. Well, that's Jack Smith too. Oh yeah, that's Jack Smith too. Okay. And he just had two high-level Trump aides who worked at Mar-a-Lago to testify because he said Jack Smith said, and he's proving that those aides were told by Trump to continue to hide some of the documents. And also that came out this week is that Jack Smith is looking into that Saudi Arabia golf club. Yeah. LIV. I don't know right. whether that's LIV or, or live. It's LIV, capital LIV. Yeah. And I don't know, if, I don't know if that stands for anything or not. Right. But it's owned by the Saudis. Yes, it is. And so he's looking into the fact that did, did he, uh, cause, cause they always play at some, one of Trump's golf courses. Okay. Right. And so he's looking they're at. They're trying to compete with the PGA. That was a big deal. Well, yeah, they they're were trying, trying to, to steal big names. Well, yeah, well, yeah that, cause that's what Trump does. He right. wants to invest with, uh, right. only with him. But the, the, what Jack Smith is looking at is that, uh, the, the classified documents and the Saudi government. Okay, is there some kind of inter, is there some kind of interrelationship there? Because he kept, Trump kept the classified documents and the ones that he hasn't, why, if, if, as everybody said, okay, if he just mistakenly took some home, oops, I didn't mean to do that. Here, here, you can have them back. But that's not what he did. He kept them on purpose. He said they were his. He left them open. Remember, Mar-a-Lago is a resort. He left them open where anybody could find them and anybody could see them. And then when when he when when he was asked to give them back, he refused at first. Then he gave back a few of them, but he still refused, which is why a judge signed the order for the, for them to go and get it. It was not it was not a, a raid. It was it was a search warrant. That's what it was. It was a duly executed search warrant signed by a judge. To get a search warrant, you have to prove to the judge that there was a crime that you're looking for a crime to be committed. So when people say it was a raid on Mar-a-Lago, no, it was a execution of a search warrant. Okay. And still they have not they still have not gotten back all the documents. And so, because Trump believes they belong to him, and a lot of us 
pseudo lawyers and real lawyers believe that he's selling the, the information to other actors. Okay. And it's really funny because well, not funny, but while we are dealing with Saudi Arabia as getting these documents and the killing of, of Khashoggi, the yeah. uh, Washington Post, on the other hand, we are also, and this is the, this is the uh, brilliance of the people that Biden has appointed to different positions. The, the um, Saudis are working with a couple of the other Middle Eastern countries to work on the civil war in Sudan, which has just escalated in the last couple of weeks. They help get people out of Sudan and to safer places, and they are working on trying to get some kind of ceasefire. And they're called the Quad, Saudi Arabia, the United States, I don't think it's Qatar, but it's two, and it's two mm-hmm. other Middle Eastern countries. Mm-hmm. And they call themselves the Quad, and yeah. the United States and Saudi Arabia are two of the four. Right. And so while we know that Saudi Arabia, the kingdom, is called the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia, well, we recognize how terrible they are. We also recognize that we need to work with them on other issues. So all that is going on. And meanwhile, Trump and his people are trying to upend everything. The reason why Iran is, why Iran is building nuclear weapons again is because Trump um, tore up the Iran nuclear weapons agreement that was put in place by Obama. And he just, he just said, throw that out the window. So now don't complain if Iran's getting, you know, building nuclear weapons again. So we, we just have to remember all of this that's going on all at the same time. And meanwhile, the Republicans are doing everything in their power to undermine everything Biden did. And we're going to talk because we want to see what happens this week. Because we, we keep talking about the debt limit because Janet Yellen, the U.S. Treasury Secretary, had said that we will hit the debt, debt limit on June 1st, which is three weeks from now. First, she said September. Then she said August. And now she's saying June 1st. Ted Cruz saying, oh, she's just lying. The Republican, oh, she's just lying. She's, no, 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 no. She's a Treasury Secretary. She kind of knows what she's talking about. But, but meanwhile, the House of Representatives refuses to budge unless we, meaning the Democrats and Biden, give up everything that we have accomplished in the last right. two years. And what's concerning about that is that, um, again, and as a member of the media, I'm starting to notice more, not a flood, mm-hmm. but more starting to put, starting to kind of shift focus on Biden, which is really disconcerting mm-hmm. because their end goal is to completely destroy everything. And that's what he knows. And I mm-hmm. wish more reporters would, would continue to put that out there. Right. Is that and, what and, they're mm-hmm. doing? Do? And, and that's why they're looking at, and we occasionally hear, but I think we talked about it last week, but they're looking at that part of the, of the Constitution. Right. That's what I was just going to talk about. Yeah, because, I, because it came out in the last couple of days, not only are the Democrats led by Hakeem Jeffries looking at ways to get around it, but also... It is constitutionally mandated in the 14th Amendment that the United States pays its bills. And Biden keeps saying that. And so even though he can't really use an executive order to raise a debt ceiling, but if it's constitutionally mandated and it comes up to the, to close to the, to close to the end of the deadline, there is something that he can do. He doesn't want to do that. Right. Okay. But there is something. So, that, so they have, they have decided now that they can do that. I thought they were still. T- no, 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 no. They're going to wait till the very end because it really. Well, should, I figured. That, they, yeah. It should really come to the house. But if the house, and, and, and it's not just the house, it is the extreme MAGA. As a right. matter of fact, uh, Mitt Romney said, well, Nancy Pelosi should have raised the debt limit while she had the, you know, blame it on us. Should have, should have done it last fall while, while she had the house. No, don't blame, don't no. blame the Nancy Pelosi. It's you he all. Knows he knows better. He knows, he knows. But they, you know, they always try to blame the Democrats. No, it's you all. But he's and also it, playing 
both sides of the fence. Right. He, he tries to be all anti-MAGA and then come in and say what you should have done. And when, he, when, when I think about Mitt Romney and anti-MAGA, I remember that picture when he went crawling to Trump to be Secretary of yep. State. Trump, of course, didn't choose him, yeah. but he went crawling to him because he wanted to be Secretary yeah. of State for Trump. Yeah. You know, so uh, Mitt Romney, you have no credibility with me whatsoever. But keep, stay tuned because there's going to be a lot on the debt ceiling. They're meeting on May 9th, which I believe is Tuesday or Wednesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Tuesday. This was, yes, this coming Tuesday. Okay, this coming Tuesday, uh, Biden, Schumer, McCarthy, and one other person, I can't remember who it is, are going to meet on Tuesday to see what can be worked out. But Biden is not going to give up. He has achieved so much in two years, more than anybody and else. They give, and they give all that up. And to screw the veterans, to screw the seniors, to screw Social Security, to do, and to screw the IRS, right. all that. That's no not, not going to no work. Way. That's no not going to work. And to then try to blame the Democrats. Democrats. So stay tuned, because last week was interesting. And we haven't even touched Clarence Thomas. We'll have to talk about him probably next week as more and more stuff comes out. So thank you for joining us this week, and we'll talk to you next week. See you next week.